Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we have a commissioned episode coming at you. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff. We're gonna talk about we're gonna make up a story to pitch to Marvel. The way that our patron nichement said it, the the Marvel series that you don't even know you need. But now you're gonna know you need it. Mm-hmm. All that and more of this. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeffrey. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> I'm doing... Man, I I was so tired today. I was so freaking tired today. Oh, yeah? yeah you were, oh. We were supposed to record this yesterday and you were not feeling well. Yeah, no. I, I slept awful the night before last. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I had like five fillings on the right side of my face. That's right. That's right. Last Oof. week. Ugh. And then like... I, I don't know, like, somehow I just, like, punched myself in the jaw overnight, over and over. When was the last time you had a filling? Uh, years and years ago. Me I have, too. It's been a bajillion years since I've been to the doctor, or to the dentist at all, so, right. like, going back, they're like, ooh, it's been a while, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing a few years ago, but it's funny, it's just funny you got a filling this week, or five yeah. fillings this week, because I also got a filling this week, and it's been... 15 years set of filling so it was just like a funny thing that you and i was like if it's been a year for you and years for me and we both just happen to get fillings on the same week uh, yeah i don't know just just weird just weird how things work You're out getting sometimes. another filling this week no are you because i'm getting five more what on the left side jeff brush your teeth man it's bad <laughs> self-care is important man yeah yeah it is oh i, I did not feel that way previously <laughs> yeah I, I definitely like had that thing a few years ago and i was like oh i should get health insurance and like you know start going to the doctor on yep. a you know semi-annual basis you know on at like, least a, a mildly regular basis yeah get a little get a little checked out check the blood work all those i, I had never okay we're getting way off subject but like i had yeah. never gone <laughs> to a freaking like doctor just to get a checkup since i was like 13 and wanted to play a sport or something you right. know like that's <laughs> you the last physical, time just to yeah, have the I doctor got, check off that's like yeah you're good yeah and i lied when i said for a sport i think you just had to do it for like to it, participate in pe when i was 13 or something Probably. like that like i don't <laughs> <laughs> what are sports what are sports water sports i get it so, yeah i i was extremely tired from that but uh somehow exercising today made me feel like world's better and that kind of irritates the crap out of me like why mm-hmm. do i have to exercise in order to feel good yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's completely completely annoying um but like it, it is really weird to, to know the balance between when you need rest and when you need like to get out and do something yep. like I have had so many times where if he doc, I had a, my back was out once and the doctor's like, it's, it's in bad shape. You just need a rest for a while. You need a rest. So yep. I rested and I rested and I rest. It just didn't get better. And so finally I was like, I just used Dr. Google and I was like, 
how to make your back feel better. And I looked up like stretches and like exercises. And yeah. like two days later, I was feeling great. Like it's, it's just like the doctor <laughs> told me Dr. the rest. Google. Thanks, Dr. Google, for giving me the other opposite advice of the real doctors. And that one worked. Um, it, it's just, it's just like, yeah. But it, it, when, when you're sick, it's like, it's like the whole feed a fever, whatever it is. Feed a cold, starve a fever, feed a fever, starve. And what one of those they say? I don't know. I don't know. I've heard the phrase, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't either. So, like, that, that mnemonic did not work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't care for myself. That's me. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're taking care of yourself, buddy. <laughs> we, need, we need you many more years of podcasting over here. Yeah. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, we have a commissioned episode from our buddy Niche, who has written in many times, and he's one of our uh, $15 level patrons over on Patreon. Thank you, Niche. Thank you to all of our patrons. And uh, if you are a patron, this is a great time to send in your commissioned episodes because we are going to have a little bit of time between now and uh, now the next, and, uh, the next of thing. content. The next thing we know about is Deadpool. So it could be a while. Yeah. We got some good plans, but like commissioned episodes would be awesome. Did you see Marvel Studios dropped some pictures uh, about season three of What If today, like on social media? No, Damn. yeah, they were just I, like, "Here's an early peek at these things," and like, there's a Sam Wilson Captain America photo, and you know, and and and, and I'm like, "Ooh, man, that means it's coming!" Dang, man, no, I didn't see. It. It's funny, I did a big search for news today to see if we had anything we needed to do news for, and uh, you know. There wasn't, <laughs> but that, that, I guess that drops. <laughs> not since, a since damn thing going on. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at these pictures. Yeah, uh, there's a picture of Red Guardian being picked up by Giant Man or like a uh, uh, not Giant Man Goliath. What, what it, Goliath. Goliath. Oh, oh my gosh, are those Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? It, there's like Transformer situation. Okay. Sure. Maybe this is, they're doing a what if Transformers crossover, apparently. Um, totally. And then, yeah, there's Sam Wilson uh, with uh, Monica Rambo. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. obviously Monica Rambo. I love that, that like, the, the, the gray uh, symbol on her, like her outfit just in general, that, that uniform, whatever. Yeah. Like, looks great. It looks really but great. Who is that behind them? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. There's, there's a Is that third. Bucky? I don't know, man. It kind of looks like it's it Bucky. could be Bucky. It's totally it's, Bucky. There's the metal arm. Yeah, one, he has one metal arm, but it's 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 obscured. But there is one metal arm. It also makes sense because they're doing a Bucky episode. You remember this 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 season on What If on What If season two? They did a bunch of stuff where they like, um. Like use the same actor for different what ifs, you know what I mean? Like different like roles. Like uh, Hella was in multiple episodes. Yeah. It's like we didn't know we needed Hella back, but once they got her in the booth, they used her for like four or five little things on top of her main episode. So I, it's obvi- and obviously Peggy Carter being the same. Um, but yeah, I, I bet we already know he's going to be on the episode with Red Guardian. So I, I bet they used Bucky for a different episode as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the the robots, the that's like Avengers Gundam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this Gundam stuff? Like, I don't know what's going on there. Okay. I love it. I love yeah. it. I want it so bad. I'm I'm <laughs> like, really down. I'm really down. Give me that. Um, okay, so that's really the, then there's one with Red Guardian and Bucky uh, again, like probably from that '80s episode or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
The other thing I heard that today, I guess just to knock some news out at the top, is <laughs> um, we're, we're going to talk about it tomorrow on Multiverse News, but I felt I feel like we should mention it here, but since this is dropping tomorrow, um, they apparently, insiders at Marvel are saying that the Fantastic Four are locked. The casting is locked, and it yep. will be announced likely this week. Oh, man. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. And, and, and that is most of what I know. Because Jay Sisson told me, because uh, <laughs> Jay does a lot of the news collection and he knows a lot more than me, so um, he digs in. Yeah, so so you you know that's exciting. That's really exciting. It's it's a rumor, of course, but supposedly insiders are saying it's locked, and we may get an announcement very soon. Yeah. the uh, The other like you know rumor mill is that like uh, the Daredevil Born Again series has like picked back up on filming oh, or like cool pick back up on production um and like it had been dead because you know uh for whatever reason but it got picked back up because the echo series or the echo i guess spotlight miniseries whatever mm-hmm. uh the echo show uh drove so much interest in the netflix daredevil show and hawkeye you know and 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 mm-hmm. and because there was so much that was driven that way it's like oh this would be a popular thing let's build out the street level heroes yeah and so they just picked daredevil back up to to get to work on it well they need to but i hope they're not rushing it i know they had stopped because they were reworking the script i hope they're not like rushing it but i do hope they get back to work quickly yeah. um the, the episode that will drop on Friday this week, at least the plan, unless something major happens like the Fantastic Four news or whatever. Fantastic news? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, me and Ashley talk a lot about sort of just like why Marvel, like one of the one of the big things Marvel's missing is just following up on the threads they're dropping. And, and you know, we've talked about that many times before, but me and Ashley talk about it kind of in depth this week. Um, so that, that's, that's, that was fun, fun episode. Um, cause she'll be dropping Friday. Nice. But let's get into today's episode. Today, the, the meat, uh, of the, today's sandwich is, uh, Niche wrote in to ask us about this. Uh, this was his commission. You want to read it there, Jeff? As I was listening to your Avengers rewatch episode, you reminded me of my request for a commissioned episode. I know you guys will be super busy the next couple of months, but still wanted to put this commission or this updated commissioned episode request out to you before I forget. I have an idea for an animated show that MCU fans don't yet know they need. Stay with me, Ashley. <laughs> if if Uncle Kevin wants to throw an EP credit my way, I'll take it, but it's okay if I get cut out as long as the show gets made. Think Clone Wars, but for the MCU. We get to see the Avengers in their most important moments in the movies, but what if we had an Avengers Disney Plus show that gave us all of those similar, those smaller moments in between all of those tent poles? This is why it has to be animated, Ashley. Of course, live action would be better, it'd be way better, but you know they wouldn't be able to get all of those A-listers back for something like this. So I imagine it could be like, oh man... I guess this is where we'll pick it apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can kind of take these in sections. Like he says, imagine it could go something like this. And then he has like a season breakdown and we're just sort of going to, first off, what do you think of this idea for a uh, behind this? Like what, what happened? It's kind of like an between? anthology series. It could be, it could be. I I had a lot of ideas thinking about this and that's one of the ways I thought about it. Or 
it was really hard to write. Like the, basically what me and Jeff did is we took this idea and ran with it and tried to come up with our own ideas to for episodes or arcs or things we'd want to see in a show like this. And one of the hardest things to do is as I was lodging through what you would need to do with this show, mm-hmm. I kept just landing back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like I kept stepping on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s toes. When you first told me about this idea, I was like, isn't this just called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, isn't that what that is? Right. I, I, and I very much think it. it's not, you're not wrong. And like, w- the more and more I tried to write, what what would you do to lead up to Avengers Age of Ultron? And I started thinking about like, what different characters would be doing. And I was like, well... They kind of did that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What would you do to fight Hydra? Oh, they did that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What would you do to <laughs> like reveal this? or reveal that? And it, obviously, in the earlier seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they did that a lot more. So, so full credit to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I had never really, I'd never tried to write Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before. <laughs> but in doing so this week and like thinking through this idea, I found myself stumbling on a lot of the things Angel Shield did, and it made me happy because I was like, how would you flesh this out? Oh, you would need a character like this to follow in the footsteps, blah, blah, blah. And then I ended up on, like, the younger Strucker, basically. I was like, oh, yeah, they did that. And there's, like, you know, like, this sort of, like, things that you could do that they they did really well. And I do think that you could do the anthology thing. I think that's very valid and you could just jump around, but if you don't do the anthology, you need to, you need characters to follow. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, uh, that Clone Wars did. uh, Like Clone Wars did both of those things. Like early Clone Wars seasons, you know, it was jumping around in different points in time Mm -hmm. and just kind of like whatever they felt like, but like there would be somebody that you're following for that episode, right? Like the first one was like Yoda and it was like, crazy that that that's where they start or whatever but then Mm -hmm. like overarching there's the story of ahsoka and right you know uh, anakin's descent into darkness and yeah 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 obi-wan's hardening throughout the war like that that sort of thing well i think that's a lot of what this would be like i I, it's funny you say that just like i kept stumbling on to ideas that felt like into shield my first idea was you wouldn't have to do this in order you could like set it yeah. at different times and you could jump around and you could tell a piece of a story from over here and a piece of story from over there. And then I was like, that's the part of Clone Wars everyone hates. Like that's the that's right. the thing that they did on Clone Wars that is not liked. It's it's way more beloved once they settle into an overarching story and they go in chronological order. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man, it's it, you you get so excited. It's like, oh, we can tell any story at any time. It's like, oh, but it needs to actually just follow a timeline. That would probably yeah, probably and, and that's kind of what niche starts here uh with um the, you want to go with season 1? Yeah, season 1 is uh, according to Niche, the time between the Avengers and Captain America, the Winter Soldier, focusing on the OG Avengers in their prime and the growing Hydra threat unseen by the Avengers. The season could show how the friendships developed between the original six Avengers and could help explain why no Avengers were available to help each other in their respective Phase 2 movies. Yeah. I, see, and I keep, the more and more I look at how I would how I would do this show, Yeah, the more and more the Avengers are background characters and like that's not what niche i think is wanting but i do think like it's kind of what you have to do because the problem is all these characters we know where they're going we know where their arcs are going so it's really hard to tell little stories in between all of these other movies um i started thinking about like oh yeah well 
like I've got somewhere in my notes, like, yeah, Tony dealing with building the suits and Pepper not wanting him to and all that with Iron Man 3. And then it's like, but we we know so much about that story, even though we never saw it. And yeah. then I started going like, maybe they were really smart to skip that because like, I don't need to know any more than I know. You know what I mean? Like all that information that I'm always like, I kind of wish they'd shown this. And then I'm like, but we kind of know what happened already. What we do now, especially after Endgame, I guess. Yeah. Well, the, the see, the thing that I'm kind of struggling with on that, like especially talking about Iron Man 3, is that like Iron Man 3 was very much about, or it, it felt like at least, it felt very much about terrorist organization attacking America. And you know who's really big on that sort of thing? Captain America. Like, <laughs> you kind of should have been there. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And it, it, it is like a, sort of an egregious like loss to not have him there. Um, but what, what and, and we don't we don't really have anything for what Captain America was doing, except he's working with Shield during that time. Yeah. With the next time we see him, this is a Lemarian star um and uh Winter Soldier. And so, like, all he's doing is working for S.H.I.E.L.D. And even if Cap didn't make it, like, Cap couldn't make it to to save the president. Like, maybe he should have. <laughs> it, it is, like, in, what is it, Miami, right? Part of it was, yeah. He's based in New York. He can't fly. Like, like maybe that whole battle Quinn maybe jets. took, like... Yeah, well, well, there's Quinjets, but, you know, it still takes time. Like, <laughs> maybe you could, you could make a case that... It all happened so fast he couldn't get there, and especially if he was off on another mission. But yeah, I do. It's like I what I kind of want from a show like this is basically a better, more tied in Agents of Shield, where we get to have badass battle sequences with the Avengers. But a sure. lot of the characterization that's being filled out is like new characters or characters that were underdeveloped in the series. Like I'd yes. I, I'd love to see a little more. Um, the the two that I keep falling to the same two, and okay. I think it's a really good idea. My my thinking for this show is it's a Fury and uh, Hill show. Okay, okay, like it, and it and it's it, it. This is why I kept stepping on the Agents of Shield's toes. Um, you could do all yep. kinds of anth- anthology anthologizing and have all kinds of random points in time, but I really like the idea, and we'll get into it more as we go. I'm sure, but like. I really like the idea of Hill working with Fury, then Hydra happens, then she goes and works with Tony, and there's this sort of like, is she working for Tony, or is she still working for Fury thing, like, under the surface, and then Tony, uh, you know, you know, I, sorry, I'm getting into my ideas, and then we're not supposed to be doing that yet, <laughs> um, we're really supposed to be talking about the, the, the niche idea, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that, I have, mm-hmm. I have ideas for that, but I keep, I keep landing on those two, because I think they're at the center of the Avengers world. Sure. You know, and you'd get a bunch of Avengers moments and they would be sprinkled throughout all sides of that, you know? Yeah. And like, especially during that time frame, uh, like uh, when, you know, right after the Avengers, you know, up to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. we didn't really get much in the way of Fury and Hill. Oh, no. So they, they were really one note characters. Right. Well, Hill and Fury are really important to the building of the Avengers, but there's very little of them in the whole thing until right. Secret Invasion. And one of my ideas that I have here, 
Actually, now that I think about it, a couple of my ideas here uh, of the three, we each came up with three ideas. And a couple of mine are fixing secret, are trying to fix secret invasion. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that I was having a, a real struggle with is like, once you, once you accept the fact that the scrolls are still there mm-hmm. and they like have been there since the nineties. Yeah. Then it just becomes another espionage show, and absolutely, you're never trusting anybody because they're always a scroll. Well, I think any kind of group that's trying to be held together, and that's and that's the problem. Avengers stories are not really Avengers is different than what Shield is, right? Yep. But the problem is, Shield is a team that is bringing these Avengers together. Avengers are kind of, except for between the time period where he's talking about right here, like between Winter, you know, Winter Soldier and, well, and I guess this is the next one, season two. Uh, you want to read that one? Yeah, uh, season two, Nish says, the time between Captain America the Winter Soldier and Avengers Age of Ultron, focusing on the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers hunting down Hydra bases. They could further explore Tony's trauma that led to the creation of Ultron, bridge the gap from Tony destroying all of his suits to deciding to be Iron Man again, and dare I say, explore the Nat Bruce romance so it actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That season's a great idea. I think these the season breakdown's really good. Yeah. Kind of gives us a framework to work inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And especially during this period is... You know, he said in, in his season one, the height of the Avengers, but really after Avengers one, like Thor goes back to Asgard. Yep. Um, they kind of break up and, and go their separate ways. It's really Winter Soldier that brings them together to hunt Hydra. Like they're they're yeah. taking out Hydra. Like they have a shared task again. Yes. And so I think and that's the time we have this season two that he's talking about is the time I think that's peak Avengers. That's when yep. they're like still working together on like a regular basis, you know? Well, yeah, that's when we get like uh, the group shot in mm-hmm. the, in the beginning of the movie. Like yeah. they're the heroic pose where everybody's leaping or whatever you get uh, cap and Thor doing the, the hammer and shield thing and like yeah. taking out a whole platoon or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they're working together really well. They've got their combos like, and, and then Nat's able to, to take banner out of it, you know, or, uh, Give him the lullaby. That's the word. Yeah, Blech. she's able to do the the Hulk lullaby, which feels like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could get some of that development yep, in yep. this show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what about season three? Season Nisha's three proposed uh, season three. Season three is the time between Avengers: Age of Ultron and Captain America: Civil War, focusing on the adventures of the new Avengers. We could get more scenes showing how Wanda and Vision's relationship developed, or even just our heroes sitting around a table at Avengers HQ discussing ethics and morality in the build-up to the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of, yeah. I, I keep wanting to just throw all the ideas I've been thinking all week into this, but I'm, I'm trying to, like, <laughs> I'm trying to give it more of, like, a general discussion first uh, yeah. before we just get into it the, the, yeah, Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let Nisha's uh, structure breathe for a second. Um, yeah. This would be a fascinating time to explore. Um, mm-hmm. The, like, how did they feel after Sokovia? You know, like we see, we see when Tony gets, uh, like this is before Sokovia, the Sokovia courts, this is, uh, this is season three between age of Ultron. So this is after Sokovia, but before the Sokovia, oh, right. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After Sokovia, but before 
Like, right. Yeah. Like, you can imagine that, like, we we really only get the, the tragedy of Sokovia through that one lady's eyes when she comes and says, like, you, my son died because of you, you know? Yeah. Like, but I imagine it was a much bigger public outcry, you know? Like, every, oh, like, yeah. there was probably a ton of people blaming the Avengers at this point, which is why the political capital is built to, like, for the Sokovia Accords. So, like, the Avengers at this point are not disbanded. They're 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 still together, but they're not the heroes anymore. Like they, it's they're responsible for this big thing. It's particularly Tony's responsible. So not only yeah. Tony dealing with his guilt, but also them dealing with like kind of the the world turning on them a little bit. You know? Yeah, yeah. They they fell out of favor a little bit. Yeah. It's like they they need to uh, to fix their public image. Mm-hmm. So they they need a PR guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, that could be an interesting character, honestly. Like that could be a great character. Like trying to push. That's when Cap goes and records those like after school special things. Oh my god! You know what I mean, yes. like, like, oh my like god, you get the yes. scene where he goes to record those. Like that would be great. Um, oh, that would be good. It's really good. Really, really good. Oh yes. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, season four, the time between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, showing the adventures of the secret Avengers, giving us more time with Nat, Sam, and Steve while they're on the run, but still being heroes. On the flip side, we could also get more of Tony, T'Challa, Rhodey, and Vision interacting with Secretary Ross and other global politicians. Yeah. I, we've talked a ton about how there's a lot of empty space around here, and we thought Black Widow... We all we, we were always speculating about how Black Widow would bridge this gap. Yep. And how like Cap could show up in Black Widow or yep. like any crossover stuff could happen. But like it doesn't. Black it Widow doesn't stops at all. and leaves this like big gap still like blaring. And I, I've I've been maintaining for a long time they could still go back and do like a Cap and Nat on the run movie if they wanted to. Oh yeah. That's like after the Black Widow movie, but mm-hmm. before they get broken out. Yeah, because they're together when Infinity yeah. War starts. And so, like, what happens in between there? Yep, yep. I would love yep. that. I would love Man, that. Man, yeah, it kind of feels like the Black Widow movie was... Uh, oh, man. The Black, the Black Widow movie was basically the solo comic during an event. So, like, a lot of times there will be big event comic like uh, mm-hmm. you know your civil war, your right, your right. Uh, your sieges, whatever, um, and then like the individual comic for say like Iron Man or for Thor, or whatever, uh, is they're off doing their own thing, or they've got like something they got to go take care of and then come back, and it feels like that's what the Black Widow movie was like. Civil war happened, and we have to fix that. But uh, real quick, gotta go take care of this thing over here, and then do 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 find my way back to. Okay, mm-hmm. now I can now I can deal with. Okay, we're gotta break everybody out of the the raft. Yeah, absolutely, and like that, like Secret Avengers on the run stuff seems awesome. But also the Tony T'Challa and Rhodey and Vision stuff that he mentions, like them sort of like having to try to live under the accords because we don't really ever see that either yeah you know um yeah so, yeah yeah so how, they, really how they function as a team how they get deployed yeah 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 how all that works with like secretary ross like in control and like the, how they how they answer to the security council or whatever they're answering to you know 
Yeah. It definitely would be a different kind of like era for them that we haven't seen up until that point. Yeah. And we really only got like a split second of that with Rhodey talking to Ross uh, when Cap walked in. I was like, all right, that's court martial. Yep. And like, it seemed like Rhodey just kind of didn't care mm-hmm. <laughs> about, about anything that Ross said, but like Ross seemed to think that he was in charge. So like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to see how that dynamic, uh, you know, builds on itself. Yeah. And it, it, it seems like a great idea. Give the, give the, give the government all the control and give the people all the control. I, I like it. It seems smart. We've talked about it a lot, how like morally it seems like the right thing to do, but then you've been these heroes who've been doing heroing all this time and suddenly having those shackles on you to not do the heroing you want to do. Yep. It's tough. It, it would be a tough time period. And you'd, you'd probably have some like, like that, that phone, you know, that like, it, maybe it got used more than once, I guess. Like, what, what if, like, there's been a little oh, more communication? Like, hey, we can't do this. We can't take this on because we, we're under watch, but hey, secret Avengers. <laughs> like, this is yeah. going down. And, like, what if there was a little more interaction between them before Infinity War? I don't know if that would take away from them finally, him finally calling, you know? Well, maybe he's been texting. Yeah, maybe there were texts. (laughs) He's been texting, but like calling is a big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of anxiety around calling. (laughs) I could text Cap all day, but like, I'm not going to dial that number. I could text Cap all day. That's very funny. (laughs) Um. I didn't even know I was doing it. (laughs) All right, so what does Niche have as season five? All right, season five, the time between Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, giving us content during the blip. Who doesn't want more time with Nat leading an Avengers roster that includes Rocket, Okoye, Rhodey, Captain Marvel? Like, we could also get more time with a broken Clint Barton and Mm, some global politics fallout from the snap, providing further context to some of the post-blip properties like Fatwas. Yes, I love the idea of, like, we we really get that one scene where Nat finds Clint, but like, what if we saw a lot more of her chasing Clint? You know, like, oh that, yes. That, here and herein lies the problem with this whole thing. And like, I like it, I want it, I give it to me, but like, <laughs> I do think to make a show, and that's why Clone Wars is so interesting and good because they do this. They give a lot more. You're never really following the story from the Star Wars movies. You're following these other threads they introduce. A lot of times our main characters are there going through these things. And there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot more empty characterization with the Darth Vader character and sure. and, and his relationship with Obi-Wan than there is in the Avengers. There's a little bit of missing. And we've talked about it a lot, you know, like we said with Pepper and Tony and, and Tony and his suits and like, these romantic relationships that Nish has already mentioned, but like, there's not as nearly as much. Like, it feels like <laughs> in the movies, it feels like Darth Vader is just like kind of flips a switch and is 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 evil now and killing children. Yeah, and like in the show, they give like a little, a lot more like context. He has drift to the dark side, you know, and that's yeah. what's so cool about that show. And I don't know that there's enough missing elements to make them the main characters of the show. It feels to me like you've got to have a team around them, like like the, the Avengers support staff sort of thing. So that's kind of where I went yep. with most of my ideas. Um, but, sure. uh, okay, so he continues 
to finish up his his email here. I would love to hear your thoughts on this idea. Do you like how I broke up the seasons, or would you structure it differently? What additional context or conversations between our main heroes would you like to see? What villains or antagonists would you like to see our heroes take on? What side characters from the movies would you like to see get more screen time? Thank you, Niche. Nice. I'm going to answer side characters with more screen time. Luis, hands down, always. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, well, and what's kind of fun is now that we know these characters and we have them going through us, like, what if we got a day in the life of Luis from, like, the Avengers 1 era? Like, he's, oh, like, experiencing what a day in the life of just a regular human being was like when aliens attacked Earth. You know what I mean? Was, like, he's just dealing with, he like, in the prison fallout. at that time? <laughs> Maybe, but it could be, like, I don't know, he was in, in there somewhere, so, like, maybe <laughs> it's the story of how he went to prison. Two smoothie machines. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, like, this, maybe it's that story. So, we're getting a real story of Luis's life and the decisions he's making. Maybe he makes bad decisions because aliens just attacked Earth, and he's like, screw it, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, yeah, he's like, he's a little less uh, <laughs> careful or whatever, like, Sort of like at the end of Ant-Man when he's just like, I gotta go, there's a tank! Like, he's just trying, like, there's this distraction, like, big distraction! Yeah. I don't know what to do, there's aliens! <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love that idea with, like, I would want that episode to kind of be, like, uh, deep into the series, but, but I like, what would make it even better is if every episode in the series, um... Like, kind of, uh, the intro. You know how Clone Wars had that, like, Galactic War? Like, that mm-hmm. that sort of voice? I want that to be Luis. <laughs> I want Luis to be the intro voice for every episode. And then, he has his own episode. And he's doing the voiceover for it, narrating how everything goes. Okay, it's a How I Met Your Mother type show. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is Luis... Talking to the young uh, Avengers. Oh, telling man. Telling them the stories of the old Avengers. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. I do too. I really do. It's pretty fun. <laughs> and then you can't rely on some of it, right? Right, because- right. That's the thing. So, like, the canon could get a little slippery because, like, Luis is making some of it up. He's he doesn't just making know stuff up. He's just like, I think this is what happened. This seems right. That's funny. I like that. I can only imagine that this was going on at the time. I was in prison. I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Uh, so, we, we've got a lot of that stuff uh, to get to, and we're going to talk about kind of like our general ideas for what we think like maybe the show would need or want or how we could infuse it with things. Uh, but then also, we've got some specific ideas for like episodes or arcs that I think will be fun uh, to talk about. But first, we're going to tell you about Beam Dream Powder. Oh yeah, Beam's Dream Powder. Uh, are you having trouble sleeping? Staying asleep? Yes. Me too, my friend. Uh, before I had Beam's Dream Powder, uh, poor sleep impacts so many parts of your life, your mental and physical health. Uh, if you need to sleep better, check out Beam's Dream Powder, a science-backed healthy hot cocoa for sleep. If you know me, you know that Dream has been a game changer for my sleep. It is my new ritual that I do every night before bed, and uh, I I love sipping on it. 
that warm cocoa. It, mm. it's, it's really wonderful. They got a bunch of great flavors. Uh, definitely need to check it out. And today, our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their science-backed healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Better sleep has never tasted better. Mm-hmm. It really hasn't. It's, it's wonderful. Great ritual to have right before bed, especially in this cold weather, that warm cup, cold weather. Mm, mm. Knocks me right out, knocks me right out. Other sleep aids can cause next day grogginess, but Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Numbers don't lie. In a clinical study, 93% of participants reported Dream helped them get better sleep. 93%, guys. That's pretty high numbers. That's worth relying on. Mm-hmm. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash pod and use the code MCUPOD at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash pod and use the code MCUPOD for up to 40% off. Yes, indeed. Sleep well, guys. Okay, so back to this imagined animated series that we that we are, are talking about today uh, from our friend Niche. Can we call it a fanimated series? <laughs> sure, sure. Fanimation, <laughs> I like it. Um, it's a really good name for a company. I bet it exists, Fanimation. Well, Funimation's already a thing. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, so, the big issue that I have with this entire idea is tension and stakes when you know where it's going. That's obviously that is a solvable problem. Sure. But in my opinion, the way to solve that is by bringing in more characters. Yeah. I still still want to see they're still working closely with the Avengers. And that's why I personally kind of relied all of my ideas sort of rely on this idea that like, how does Fury and Hill sort of interact with them? You know, Uh, it's just hard to have like connection. And hard to have, like, big tension of what's going to happen when you know where they're going to be in the next movie. You know, you yeah. know where this arc is going. So you got to build, if you're going to build this series, and it's going to be something worth watching, worth its own, worth watching in its own right, it's got to have characters that grow and change in ways you don't expect. Yep. Well, I mean, there's also the the thing that Clone Wars did uh, was that... Um, they made you care about these characters that were original to that series. And like they not only made you care about these characters, but they also had the main characters from the movies care about these characters. Exactly. That's that's what I think would be really cool to have the interactions between these new characters and like how they're working with the team. You know, they're like, they're right side by side. They were there all along. Uh, being a part of the team, maybe support staff, maybe there are even other heroes that have breezed in and out of the team that, like, from the olden days, like the Pym days or whatever, like, maybe oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Man. brought in other people, maybe they didn't work out, maybe there were heroes that came on and, like, this is not even one of my ideas, but, like, what if they, what if they brought on someone who was a little, t- wasn't good, you know, like they ended up like having to kick someone off the team. So they breezed on and then they were, like, kind of challenged the idea of what the Avengers were because, they're like too violent or too whatever, you know, like, and they had to like kick them off, you know? Yeah. 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 Some, somebody like a Wolverine maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something like that. Like big, exactly. Exactly. That's the, the whole thing with these, uh, in the comics, like, there's people like this that like, Oh, you're not a, you don't fit our team, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that, that kind of thing could be really interesting. Um, I think 
uh, as I said, other agents and heroes, ways to infuse this, this series with life, I think. Other agents yeah. and heroes that are either unused or underused. Same thing with unused or underused villains. Like, there's a lot of villains who are like one movie villains that we could yep. get origin stories for. We could yep. get um, a little, like, post, you know, after their movie that they were defeated in. Like, maybe they're in an Avengers like prison-type facility, or maybe there's, like, you know, they have to deal with them in some way, you know? Like, Justin Hammer still has connections on the yeah. outside. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. He's a, a wealthy businessman. He's got people on the outside that he can be talking to and doing something with. If, some, if somebody like Wilson Fisk can go to prison and then still control everything, Justin Hammer's got something on the outside. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, things that tie into stories that are leading to other things. Like, I think one obvious one is something like uh, Thanos. You know, he sent, he sent Loki to get the stone, right? Sure. Then he later sent the Black Order. And it's like... What? Well, he also sent Ronan to get the Power Stone. Right, he sent Ronan to get the Power Stone. But what if in between Loki and the Black Order, there were other agents of Thanos who used other means to try to get the stones, you know? Like, what if they did yeah. that? What if there were, like, other lead-ups that, that maybe they never even revealed themselves as agents of Thanos, but they just happened to, like, you know, sort of do that sort of thing, you know? Like... I, I think that there's a lot of story that could be told there. Yeah, I'd like to see something like, uh, like a Cull Obsidian. Mm -hmm. You know, the the big dude. Like, why was he important to Thanos? Like, important enough to keep around in like that sort of lieutenant position. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like, when you've got people like Gamora and and Nebula and I mean Ebony Maw, mm -hmm. like. Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, basically the rest of the Black Order. Like, why is he on that team? Why does he yeah. deserve to be there? Well, and, and Niche kept this pretty Avengers focused, which I think is, is smart. Yeah. But also, people who made it under the Avengers eventually are things like the Guardians and people out in the Cosmic Arena. Yep. Like, all the Ravagers showed up, you know, Howard the Duck, for goodness sake, <laughs> um, in Endgame. So, all of these could get some sort of backstories and we we know how he got a few of the stones but there's still the power stone we know he like sacked xandar what if we got that what if we got like the the like nova core going up against thanos to to get the power stone you know like these these stories yeah. like exist in the movies but we never saw them you know yeah 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 that's a really good uh idea that you had there that kind of leads into my my first oh great uh thing is that like it's it's difficult with this type of story versus say like uh you know the Clone Wars where the amount of space that you have is rather finite hmm. like the Clone Wars big galaxy right right like any episode could be taking place on any planet so like your big important guys, your Anakins and your Ahsokas and all of your Jedi can be literally across the galaxy from where this episode is focusing. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be able to be there or even really hear about it when, you know, this thing is happening here. Um, and like some of those episodes were, were some of the best, but like the earth is rather finite. So like 
And especially in modern day, like mm-hmm. news travels quickly, so like everybody's going to hear about everything. News and people. If you've got the yeah the technology that the Avengers have, uh, you know, Tony found out a city was under attack and like flew across the world to go fight it in the first Iron Man. So like you've already got this technology that can fly you around the world so quickly. Yeah, exactly. So having um, having some episodes focused in the cosmic side mm-hmm. and like. You know, talking about your Ravagers especially, um, but your Captain Marvel, since she's been around since the 90s and has been out heroing in the cosmos. True, 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 true. She has like an unlimited amount of stuff that could be going on Mm -hmm. with her. Anything that she's done in the past that has like no bearing on Earth, but like you can go and have, you know, a six episode arc or however much, you know just out where she's dealing with something that could be weighty and like could lead us to like lead us to know. Oh, Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I just like, it's like, it just dawned on me (laughs) that why she's a princess. Right. (laughs) Right. Origin of that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Give, give us the, or even just like show us the tail end of it or the beginning of it, you know, like give us a little bit of context for it to like, give us that. Like I, I think, you run into a problem with this kind of series where you're telling the origins of things that don't need origins, which is why Clone Wars is so smart, is it doesn't try to overdo it with the origin stuff. It is always, and this is, I mean, Filoni, for, for, like, he is the model for how to do, I, I think he's the model for how to do new Star Wars well, because he's always yep. infusing it with new creativity and new yep. things to wonder about. Like, when you answer a question like, how did this happen? You close a loop and fans stop speculating, fans stop thinking, fans stop. When you, when you open up new, so like for every, in my opinion, for every question you answer, you kind of have to ask, you have to give the audience new questions to ask, new things to wonder about, new holes to fill in with their headcanon until they are filled in. And then you get new, new questions. These always have to be driving yeah. towards new things. Not in a J.J. Abrams way, but in a, like, Filoni way. I think Filoni is a really good model for this. <laughs> yeah. You have to know the answers to the questions you're going to have them ask. Yeah. There has to be But answers. you have to have them ask them. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. What was the first idea? There's the idea of a Captain Marvel se- episodes? Yeah. Basically, yeah. either uh, Captain Marvel. Like, uh, Clone Wars was really good about having those episodes with, like, you know, the the Camino origins of Echo and, and you know, a couple of the other clone troopers um, and, like, things like that, where it was, like, it kind of broke up the, uh, the, the stressful, like, emotionally tense situations that could be happening mm-hmm. with the Jedi. So you could have, like, a Captain Marvel episode or arc or whatever that's, like, she's off doing this, like, super fun thing or she's, you know... She's got some really heavy crap that she's got to deal with, or she becomes a Disney princess for some reason. (laughs) You know, it's like you could do anything with her, especially Mm. with her being like, she can just go around the galaxy wherever she feels like. You you were talking about the world being small. For her, the galaxy is small. You know, she can get anywhere she needs to get. (laughs) Well, and 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 the technology they have, which was revealed the the negabands or whatever created, like the jump points, you know, that, that allow yep. anyone can get anywhere in the galaxy, really. Like, so, so the whole, you know, we were just talking about the galaxy being big, but really kind of it all is sort of small in the end. Um, kind of, kind of wild. 
I like that idea a lot. I think there's tons of meat there for, for Captain Marvel, but also just the cosmic mm-hmm. of it all. And not just cosmic, but like in there's so many unexplored areas of the universe that were unexplored partially because they were hidden. Um, yep. But then like once they've been revealed, once once we know Hydra is inside a shield, what if we got an entire... Like fa- like an entire like you talk about like a three episode arc or six episode arc that's like phase one of the MCU from Hydra's perspective. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. give us yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Hydra life. Like, show us full on. And they, again, I I have just landed again on something they did on Agents of Shield. But like, give us some like Hydra perspective stuff and like how were they working in the background? What technology were they stealing from these different battles? And like, how were they working towards their eventual power? You know. Yeah. Mm, I like it. Was that your first one? No. No, I was okay. just kind of expanding on your idea. Um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so uh, I'll get into my first one, I guess. Okay. So here it is. Okay. This is an, more of an arc than a, a, a episode idea. This is kind of based on the idea that we kind of get this support staff. And this is a new character that I would love mm-hmm. to see happen and like like to see introduced. And I think by the end, it it, it might even fit on another show. <laughs> Uh oh. Okay. So, Melinda May. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Every one of my ideas is an Agents of Shield idea. Um, but no. Every one of your ideas is Melinda May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, just, the cavalry man. We need her. Um, yep. <laughs> so, my my thoughts are: Battle of New York happens. The Avengers yep. is sort of like setting up base camp in in in, in uh like Stark Tower or whatever, it starts to become Avengers Tower. And it's it's that transitional time. And you've got a young upstart agent who's been an agent for not maybe not young upstart. Like he's been an agent for a while, but he's like really like he has that Colson energy. You know, he's got sure. big Colson energy. <laughs> BCE. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's <laughs> I think that's a different thing. <laughs> So he's got big Coulson energy and he's like a big fan of the Avengers. You know, he saw what they did in New York and he's like, sure. I want to be a part of this. He's been like maybe agent, an agent of shield or whatever. So he like starts applying to be like one of their, like work on their team or whatever. Could this be the guy that in age of Ultron was like, he was on the helicarrier and he's like, they're, they're, they're away. They're, uh, the, they're, they're picking people up. <laughs> that guy. I don't, I don't know in which movie. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in Age of Ultron. There was a there was a uh, like an analyst or a tech or whatever that was on the helicarrier that like he stumbled over his words. He was like the most like personable agent that that like other than like Galaga guy, right? That, <laughs> very that human. Has been on the helicarrier. Well, I I I I don't, I don't remember him to be honest. So I'd have to check it. But like I don't know. But probably not because of what happens for the rest of the. Rest of his his. Oh, are you going to kill him? Listen, listen. Maybe. <laughs> okay, so he's got big Colson energy. What else am I going to do? Um, okay, yeah, he's got to get stabbed through the heart. <laughs> Somebody's scepter's got to find him eventually. No, because um, <laughs> he's got like that magnetic chest. Um, oh no. <laughs> okay, so no, 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 no. That's not where I'm going with this. So okay, okay. He sees the battle in New York. He puts in for a transfer to be a part of this. He like believes in their mission 
so wholeheartedly. He shows up on day one. He's just like, he's like one of our day one characters that's just like ready to start, like see the Avengers initiative finally come to the light. He's like our, like, he's a, he's a, he's a Coulson, you know? Uh, he, Bright eyed, bushy tailed. Exactly. So happy he's to be pumped. here. We see him like fight alongside the Avengers in like these heroic smaller roles, you know, doing agenty things. He could be like an analyst. I, I don't really know. I kind of like the idea that he's more of like an analyst than like a fighter. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he, he, he earns their trust like big time. Like they, they just, they, they, this is, this is their guy. And eventually it's revealed that there's some sort of mole happening and they're all searching for a mole. And of course it's like, as, as they, as they peel back the layers uh, after the team search, they find out it was, it was him all along. He's been a mole. And you're like, you know, there's all this mole action, you know, with like Hydra and stuff, but this is, at mm. some point, he's revealed to be the mole, right? Sure. And uh, this is around Civil War, okay? Okay. And so you start to see, like, okay, who is he a mole for? And, like, he had a really big reaction to the UN bombing. And so they get this, like, sort of a, a really big reaction. He's already been in prison for being the mole. They found out he was like leaking information and stuff. So he's like in their Avengers brig or whatever. Right. And he's has a big reaction when he hears about the UN bombing and he's like, it's big, but it's kind of ambiguous. And so they get the idea that maybe he was like spying for Zemo. Right. Like after, after sure. the civil war starts to, they, they, they it wraps up, you kind of get this sense that maybe he was part of the bombing and like, they think, what do you know? Why, why do you know about this bombing ball? You know, like all of that happens. Sure. Then civil war wraps up. We get to the like denouement of the episode. They've, they've got this guy in prison. He's been there. He's been like one of our point of view characters that we love this whole time. And we really care about him. He, he's had all these relationships with all the characters. He's in the brig. And they're like talking to him, like, what? Like, why would you do this? Why would you work with Zemo? Why, wh- how are you a part of this? And he still, he still hasn't admitted what he's done. And then the wall explodes outside his cell. And the Dormelage show up. And they rescue this agent who has actually been a Wakandan spy for the entire first it. three seasons. So like yes. he's the mole. And so you get this like three or four episodes where it's happening during civil war. And they're like, you're part of this. What happened with the bombing? They're like trying to help the Avengers find the bomber and like help the, like help all this stuff go on. And it turns out that after the Avengers, he's been a spy for Wakanda for a long time, but after Avengers and the resurfacing of the Wakandan, sh- of the Vibranium shield, that's yep. why he got transferred and he came in all bushy tailed. Like he was this guy. But what's amazing is so he's not a bad guy, but he did betray all of them. You know what I mean? So you get this yeah. like complex relationship where the, his story doesn't have to end there. He is now just a Wakandan, like, agent out in the world who they still have like dealings with but they don't trust him because he like was a fake person to them all those years and like yep. you get this like uh, the avengers have this complicated relationship with this because uh, yeah, that's the thing so you can have these characters that have reveals that affect the avengers in different ways very similar again and shield did it very similar to what you did they did with a. Uh, with Grant, with br- gr- spoiler alert for Shield, Grant Ward uh, eventually becomes <laughs> a Hydra agent. You find out he was a Hydra agent. Then they continue to have to deal with Grant Ward and like the 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 betrayal. But what I love is he's a betrayer to them, but he's still 
like he's a, just a Wakandan agent that we still love and care about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still works for a nation that we, you know, identify with as being on the good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really oh, like man. it. It's like a double double cross thing. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's like a. It's it's an almost double cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've crossed me, kind of. You've crossed me, but for for your own reasons, not for the reasons I was assuming. So, and then when you rewatch it, you have that scene where the UN bombing has happened, and he's having this like really big reaction to it, and they kind of interpreted it at the time as like he knew it was coming, something. But no, he was grieving his king. Oh man. And it's like yep. he's he's having to keep the secret and keep his silence, but he's clearly very affected by like he's the death of the Wakandan king and he does he can't reveal it though. And like I love that I love that rewatchability of that and like how it would have a completely different context for him. I would love I love this idea of him being an analyst. Mm-hmm in front of everybody yes but then like if he gets alone with like somebody threatening him he just beats the shit out of them in like yeah. true wakandan like door melage style Ooh, i love that i love that because like it well, it's, it's very it's very reminiscent of uh firefly where you've yeah. got you've got um a, 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 like river yes river. an yeah. early thing happens in firefly where river song river song that's that's sorry that's doctor who uh <laughs> river tam uh river does something very violent and you're like what the hell why is she violent we didn't know she could do that and it's like doesn't necessarily reveal anything bad about her character you're just like it's just it adds to the mystery She has that potential yeah and so at that point you're like how did he pull that off and it maybe gives you hints a hint that he's maybe the mole later but you like him so much you give him a pass and you work around it you know but like yeah i love that i love that yeah anyway that's 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 my favorite idea that's my big that's my big one and they're like how did you get out of that situation why how did you kick that guy's ass it's like i you know taekwondo when i was a kid (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like (laughs) (laughs) like it it all just it's like riding a bike yeah totally (laughs) <laughs> okay, so that's that's that's. I feel like I've got other ideas, but that's my favorite one. I really love. I love it. that one. That's so fun. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I love the double reveal. Oh man, and how it and ties that- into so many different places in the universe, and then going forward, how it continues to tie in when they're like the Avengers go to Wakanda, and they're like in Wakanda for Endgame or Infinity War, and he's like there. You know what I mean? Like he's like working in Shuri's lab or whatever, and we just never knew it. You know what I mean? Like, that little, like, that could be just such a cool, like, and then they're having, like, background arc characters, other characters we've been following, possibly Hill, possibly Fury, are, like, having conversations with this guy that are, like, totally on another level, and they're really emotional and interesting, but they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're something that would never make it on the screen in the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it would be... Would it be too much to have this guy become best friends with uh, the kid who died in Ultron, or like in Sokovia? Oh man! Like the son of that mother. That I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe. Like and have have him like trying to help people while you know Sokovia is falling around mm-hmm. them, and then like have him like watch the building come down on the guy yeah just yeah i that heartbreak yeah for sure Mm. yeah just just the whole of 
I just really liked. I, I, I love those kinds of characters that are revealed to be something different, but not necessarily bad. Like, but they're yeah. they still feel like they've betrayed everyone, but they're still, you know, like you said, like they're. Like, why all, would you hide that? So many emotions they were having all this time were real, and so then you have this line between like, where were your real emotions? And he's, and he's like, I I was always real with you. Like my emotions yeah, were I never may, lied. To maybe you. there's a love story there. Like maybe there's a love. Ooh. Like he has a lover on the team. That he feels for genuinely, but like they will never trust him again. You know what I mean? Like, and there's that whole yeah. whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. Um, that would be that would be a really good one to put alongside. Um, what, what, you were saying after after the first Avengers, right? So after the first Avengers, he joins the team. Like, okay. like because because in in essence because the Avengers went public and he's a fan, but in right. reality okay. because the shield resurfaced, like he's get, trying so, to get to that vibranium. So that would go really good against the uh, the villain that I have here. Ooh, yeah, which is I want an origin story or not an origin story, but I want like the buildup of Baron Strucker. Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. We and we get and, a little like I I came on that. That's one of the ideas I was thinking about, and I was like, yep. then I remembered. I just still did kind of do that. They have a little bit of Baron Strucker like discussions before the movie started, you know, but they never sure. did it. They never like had Baron Strucker really be a character. Right. I want like machinations mm-hmm. of Strucker, yeah. like what he did, how he uh, how he got the twins mm-hmm. to like to come to his side. I want like their descent to the dark side and like you know they're they're doing that um that wolverine thing of like we're trying to do good for our our people our place but the uh like we're trying to do good but we're doing bad things to get there Mm -hmm. and and you know progressing deeper and deeper into this uh this dark place that they got to when they uh they interacted with the the mind stone and got their powers yeah 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 hmm I like that. And I I want Strucker to be like manipulating them into it and just like don't you want to don't you want to help your people? I like it. I like it a lot. I feel like that those episodes would be really good if they were just like the main point of view character. So we're getting Baron Strucker's rise and his like uh, use of the twins and everything, but they're f- this the story was from the twins perspective. Like yeah. so you see Baron Strucker like in Sokovia coming there to be like a, we're going to strike back at all these people who've been treating us wrong for all these years. And like, you see them like really be convinced to join yeah, and, and like really come to that point and then they get their powers. And then you see them start to use their powers and that little, that whole prison cell thing becomes like a whole, like a lot more context is given to their prison life together and stuff. Yeah. I love that. And like the the main thing that I want from that is to show why Strucker is important. Cuz like in Age of Ultron he's there and Cap's like Baron Strucker or like you know yeah. Werner von Strucker blah, blah, blah. like they have a whole thing where they are finally meeting and they've heard so much about each other but like what is Strucker? <laughs> like what yeah. why is he important? We don't know. He got five minutes of screen Absolutely. time, and then he's done. Because he's from the comics, and I, and I think like that is part of the fun of Age of Ultron is he's given this weight at the beginning, and then he's just dead. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. like that's part of the fun of it. Just, but like, got it. Also, 
I would like there to it to mean something. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, like put meaning to this character, please. Yeah, yeah. So like having him and his rise to power would be a uh, a good way to to offset your Wakandan spy. Yes, <laughs> and like having Strucker working against that guy and trying like that guy is he's trying to get the vibranium but Strucker also wants the vibranium because of what that metal can do yeah so like he's that your guy's trying to keep it away from Strucker but also trying to kind of get it back to Wakanda mm-hmm. yeah I like that I like that um and yeah all that like how it ties into like the vibranium of it all and like Maybe that's when, ooh, ooh, ooh. Sorry, I'm going back to Mayan again. But you were talking about the vibranium <laughs> of it all, and, like, I'm thinking about Age of Ultron when they sell the vibranium to, for Ultron, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe that sale of the, and, the, the, you know, the Wakandans have been searching for Claw all this time. Maybe our analyst gets a shot at Claw, and that's when it's mm. revealed that there is a mole because someone transmitted something. And then we find out later it's because, like, he found Claw and, like, he knows he's there. And then, upon again, upon a rewatch, you see the, like, tension between this analyst and Claw. And you don't know why or whatever. You know, like, I don't know. Yep. But, like, you see he's, like, he is more upset about Claw than everyone else. And you don't really understand why. It's, like, these little breadcrumbs. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah. I, liked, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I love the breadcrumbs. I love the breadcrumbs, <laughs> and I I like all these villains getting a little more backstory. Um, yeah, be really cool. Well, we got three more. We each got a couple more. Uh, so let's yeah, or you know, I got two. You got one left. Let's yep. jump into uh, talk about our other sponsor today, Magic Spoon. It's like all the cereals you had when you were a kid. Lovely, lovely tasting cereals you had from when you were a kid in, in an adult form have way tons of protein, four, 13 to 14 grams of protein in every serving, uh, only four grams of net carbs. But the, the, the cell, like, honestly, what kills, what, what's awesome about it is the crunch. Like, I feel like yep. it's hard to get the type of crunch you have here and be so high in protein. And be keto friendly. Yes. The keto lifestyle kind of requires you to give up a lot of things like cereal and pastas and breads and mm-hmm. whatnot. And like trying to find a replacement is hard, yeah. but magic spoon has keto friendly cereals that taste like all of the cereals and have that satisfying cereal crunch. That's right. They have the variety pack you can order. It's four flavors, uh, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And a little hint or a little, little insider, mm-hmm. the cocoa and the peanut butter together you get um, <clears throat> you get nice little chocolate peanut butter flavor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we said, this pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs, and only 140 calories per serving. Um, it's high protein, zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. <laughs> what does it have in it? <laughs> <laughs> Just good stuff, man. Just good stuff. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> crunch <laughs> it has that crunch and it's seriously like i've done the like low carb it's it's 
it is hard to get a crunch like this in your life really and still is. be keto friendly. Like it's really, really good. So go to magicspoon.com slash MCU to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code MCU at checkout and save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash MCU and use code MCU to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Also, outside the variety pack, the honey nut is actually really good, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about the honey nut. <laughs> Get that honey nut, everybody. Um, all right. All right. So, getting back to ideas here. So, I mentioned Fury and Hill. Yep. And... The Fury and Hill of it all. I feel like they would be really good point-of-view characters for this show. Because they're right there on the edge of the Avengers, and they're working with them in many ways. It seems like after... Uh, Avengers 1, Cap is still working really regularly with uh, Fury, you know, Winter Soldier, he's right there. Like, it's it's like his day job. But, uh, so Fury's got that. And then Hill, you know, she's right there. She's his right-hand man. She's around. But then, I, I just think there's a lot of unexplored story about the sort of tension between Hill. Like, I actually kind of think, I keep saying Fury and Hill, I actually think kind of Hill would be a really good point of view character for this show. Because sure. Hill, Maria Hill has, she's like a loyalist before Winter Soldier. That's her, like, she's all about it. She's all in, yep. shield, fury, we're here. And then it falls apart. And then she goes and works for Tony Stark. And it's like, oh, she's still right in the mix of it, you know? And, and like, fury disappears after that, pieces out. And I really like the idea that, like, fury's pieced out. She's still obviously, like... Tr- loves fury and has been his partner for so long but he's pieced out like is she still working with him is she mostly side by side with tony like i like that she's on that helicarrier right like she's on the i really like the idea that like she actually did switch sides like she's not working with um she's not working with fury anymore like fury pieces out of seen a winter soldier she's on tony's side and sort of like Maybe Fury comes to her a few times in that second season and is like, hey, come back. You know, I need you to, like, do this thing. And and she's like, no, I'm not betraying. Like, you took off. You're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be dead, and you took off. Like, you could have stayed in the fight, but after after Hydra, where are you? You know, you're gone. And so she's, like, sort of becomes a Tony Stark loyalist. Her loyalties sort of shift. But then Tony Stark creates Ultron. And so oh. the, the, it could be the behind the scenes story of her, like the whole season two could kind of, there could be a little bit of a wedge between them, you know, like maybe f- yeah. she doesn't really, she's like actually sort of coming down on the side of Tony. But then when he creates Ultron, I really like this idea of like an entire, like a, the season arc where Maria Hill is all set in age of Ultron. And like, we really see the Ultron bots and she's trying to do things to like, stop the Ultron bot sort of behind the scenes while uh, like there could be because Ultron bots were everywhere. They were all over the earth doing all kinds of things. We even get in the movie, like the Ultrons did this, then they did, then they killed Strucker, then they did this and they, you know, and it would be great to see like Maria and her team doing like fighting some of those battles that we didn't get to see that are behind the scenes. Yeah. Kind of being like the counter agents to the to the robot invasion. Yeah, yeah, but this is all Tony's fault. So at that point, she loses faith 
And then we see her like go back to Fury and get on his helicarrier. And at the end, she's like, she's no longer with Tony at the end of that. You know, like she's with Fury at the yeah. end. Like it, I see an arc there that could be like their closest of friends in season one. They have something that divides them in season two and then sort of like comes back together. So, so that helicarrier moment could have more weight to it, more interest to it than like, it's it, it's also their coming back together. I don't know. It just, just yeah. seems like a good arc for those characters. Um, and I just think overall, giving her more character development would be nice. <laughs> you mean just having a one-note soldier uh, loyalist to S.H.I.E.L.D. is not uh, an interesting character? Right. And, and like some of the conversations <laughs> they have in Secret Invasion would be far more... And it's, it's very similar to the, like, what we talk about with Clone Wars and how those uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship is complicated, a lot more complicated yep. when, you ha- when you see it through the eyes of these seasons of the show. Yep. And it's very similar. You could give that same sort of relationship to the two of them as the, like, Jedi of this world... Like fighting on the fighting the good fight and sort of like losing faith with one another and coming back together and losing faith with one another and then eventually she dies because he didn't take care of it and of course this would also like if if they're somewhat point of view characters that would also bring the scroll into the story in a big way that they could be their agents yeah. you could have all the all the scroll characters around I, I really like her being the point of view character for after the blip. And like when everybody came back and Fury went away, mm, like oh, what yeah. was she doing for all of that time that Fury was away? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, like so, if she's if she's the point of view character the whole time, right? Then we we and then she's blipped away, and then we get a season in the blip, and it's like our point of view character is gone. Yep, our series feels aimless, just like everybody else did when half the world went away sure or yes absolutely and our sort of like supporting cast of characters has to sort of pick up the pick up the pieces and step up in maria's absence or whatever and then yep she like you know we we find out what were her and uh nick doing when they blipped you know like they're they're like on the road to do something and then they get out of the car and they both blip like what if they were doing something incredibly important to Maria Hill, right? Like there's something she'd been like some enemy she'd been trying to take down for years. Something that like really what? You you look like you got something. Oh man, no, it's just it's really great that like after they go away mm-hmm. in the like during the blip, that's when your Wakandan guy has to come back and lead the the team. Right. Well like, and, and we know that like the Avengers Okoye is like a part of whatever team they're sort of working with with Nat at that leading yep. it. So like absolutely like he could like come back to help support the Avengers. Like he's like, and he's like, I always believed in your mission. Like he's like, why do you, this is okay. Sorry. We keep going back to the Wakandan agent. The Wakandan agent's really good. Um, I love it. I love it. Like having him and Nat being like, yes, uh, like we're both spies. We were spies. We've, Mm -hmm. you know, they understand each other, but then like all of the other Avengers who are not Nat and like weren't X KGB, X Red Room, whatever, like they all don't trust him, but like Nat's the only one. It's like, no, he's fine guys. Like this happens all the time. How about this? Captain America stands there and the Wakanda agent shows back up to help. Right? Like the world's falling apart. He's like, we got to get past our differences and our, our Wakandan agent slash analyst shows back up and he's like, I'm here to help. 
And, and Cap's like, how can we ever trust you? And he's like, do you know how many opportunities I had to take that shield from you? <gasps> but I chose oh. to trust you. Like, all those seasons that you've been thinking I betrayed you? Like, I was there monitoring for Wakanda, yes. But every day I chose to trust you and leave that shield in your hands. Mm, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have it be my mission was to take the shield from you if you ever became unworthy. Yeah. Like, I am the inscription, basically. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was standing by your side, ready to take back that shield if you ever did something that, like, would, you know, betray. Uh, betray what we believed what we what we believed was right betray for the, the world. world yeah and and I didn't do it so I chose to trust you then I need you to choose to trust me now oh yeah. there it That's is good stuff man <laughs> I like the parallel <laughs> me too <laughs> uh. so my uh my other like my final one or whatever my third idea um is I want to build more on the time between Civil War and Infinity War when Vision and Wanda were sneaking off to have their little uh, Edinburgh trysts, yeah. you know, wherever they were going. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which Niche mentions in his thing, but like, I think you're totally right. There's tons of, they talk about how they've been sneaking off and having these moments. But how does yep. that work? And, For years. Yeah. So how does it work? And what are, where do they fit in all those moments? And like, what was going on around those moments? Yeah, what enabled them to go somewhere else for a bit and then come back? Like, were they on a mission over there? Uh, and, you know, did they go together? Yeah, did he, or like, did they, sort of... Did they meet there? Did he, like, sort of help her escape a few times? You know, because she's on the run. Like, maybe he's sort of, like... <gasps> He, it's weighing on him because he's sort of being a little bit of a double agent because he's supposed to be, they're supposed to be hunting these people and he's going off to have these like lovers getaways with Wanda. Like there's, there's, there's some interesting like Mr. and Mrs. Smith stuff happening there where it's like, we're supposed to be enemies, but like we love each other. I like that a lot. I I like the, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith of it all. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Cause then vision gets to, to feign incompetence and like, Oh, I did. She slipped. She's, She's a wily one. Mm-hmm. Like she got away from me. Yeah. <sighs> or he could just he could just be like, yeah, she controls the mind stone. Like, <laughs> I, she made me phase. She literally slipped through my hands. Yeah, you saw what she did to me in Avengers Compound. So many f- stories yep. under the earth. I had no chance. I had yeah, I had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I, yeah. I I really like the idea of him as this like logical being there's obviously uh, wandavision explored this some with them like sitting on the bed watching the tv shows and stuff and like their relationship and and it would be really cool is you get all of that but you just get more of it and you get a little bit more of their relationship building up before civil war when they're all living at the compound together and then you get more even more of it still once they uh, they break out and go, you know, they're, they're in separate teams, but they're still like wanting to be together, you know, Ugh, a lot of complicated yep. Yep. stuff going on there. And I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love a good complicated relationship. Don't we all, <laughs> don't we all, we all end up in them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't seem to get away from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so toxic. So toxic over here. Um, okay. My last one. And this is yet another. Let's fix Secret Invasion. Okay. 
given my ideas about like Hill being one of the primary like point of view characters for this show, Gravik and Gaia, this show would span like 15 years. So like start them out as their first few missions for Fury. Like it could be going on in the background of this entire show, this like slow descent of Gravik where he's like, being told to do these missions that aren't right and he keeps doing them for fury anyway and i i really like the idea that like fury would have told like gravit gets worse missions because talos is protecting gaia so there's this sort of privilege where like gaia doesn't get sent on the missions because she has this like person protecting her and gravit has no one and like that sort of like mm. drives Gravik towards who he is. And what I love about it, what I think would like really work, you know, when these shows are at their best, Clone Wars, when you watch them having conversations in the th- episode three and you realize like, oh, I know this relationship now. Like I didn't before. Yeah. So like when she shows up instead of Fury at the end of Secret Invasion, Yep. Instead of going like, what the hell? This is Fury's story. Why is Gaia here? This is terrible. We would all be going like, of course she's the one who has to like stand up to him. Yeah, yeah. One of the complaints we had that whole when that happened was like, they don't have scenes together. Like there's no reason yeah, like, for that. They don't care about each other at they all. They do. There's like a little bit like they're showing that they're kids together. And they, we, we, we get told that they care about each other. But we don't get shown. Yeah, we aren't shown. Give me that backstory. Give me, like, the world mm-hmm. building of Gaia and Gravik, close friends that grew up together as children, and now they just, they want to start fighting, to, fighting alongside Fury. So they join up as, like, fighters, and Fury uses them. But because Talos is protecting her, she, he gets pushed a little darker than she does. And, and like, there's this all these questions about, like, whether it's his fault because he's kind of being railroaded into like sort of like darker and darker missions. Yeah. And I imagine the breaking point being, he gets on a scent on a mission to, and and I I like this from like what it would do to secret invasion as well. He gets sent on a mission to kill other scrolls. Ooh, like one turned. And he, and I, th- I think in my mind, he would have to like, like the mission would be to kill other scrolls that are like, doing something bad like but it's sort of a killmonger thing right like he has his killmonger moment where these scrolls are like breaking off and doing the graphic thing like they're proto graphics you know like they're early yeah. earlier people who are turning on fury and fury sends graphic after them and it's when he kills his own people he realizes like no i don't want to be this guy like i have to do what they were planning to do like i have to be the guy you know yeah what if it's Okay, here's the real question. Does Fury know beforehand, like when when Fury sends Gravik on that mission, does Fury know that the people he's sending Gravik after are Skrulls? Oh my gosh. Yes, but Gravik doesn't. Oh, oh, oh yep. that's yep, it. Yep. He doesn't tell Gravik. He doesn't tell Gravik. He sends him to kill these two people to assassinate them because they're, they're mm-hmm. some great threat. He kills them, they fall on the floor dead, and they turn into scrolls. And his his hands start shaking. He's like freaking out because he just killed some of his own people. And he realizes yep. like how far down the like 
dark rabbit hole fury has pushed him and then he he starts making plans and like that's it would be really great and then Mm -hmm. all the while like gaia is never having to encounter the things he is but she's trying to keep him back from the edge you know i i i like this idea of like what if you know, he, he gets sent on that mission, but Fury has it kind of orchestrated in a way or planned out in a way that's like Gravik shouldn't be able to see the bodies after they get killed. Mm. Like they get blown up or something. Right. Like he can't see the bodies after after he's killed them, but like that plan doesn't work out and Gravik oh, yes. is able to see the bodies and it's like, you were hiding that from I me? I love it. Or like... He was hiding that. He was going to hide I that. Love it. He wasn't going to let me in on that inf- information at all. I love it. Like there's a car bomb, and it's supposed yeah. to go off. It doesn't. So he decides to go in and do it close quarters, like with just like piano wire or something. You know, like he's going yeah, in to I have to finish. He's the like, mission. no, I'm going to finish the mission, Fury. And Fury's like, no, stand down, Gravik. Do not get in close. And he acts like he's trying to protect him. He's like, these guys are dangerous. Don't get near them. Yep. Stay away. And it's because Ugh. he's not wanting Gravik to realize what he's doing. And then he does it. Oh, no. And then realizes what he's done. And it's. The blood on his hands, the purple blood on his hands, like, and like, he's, he's like, so intensely, like, uh, emotional that you start to see him shift green a little bit, you know, like, he's like, can't hold his form. He's so upset. Shaking your hands. Yeah, yeah, he's losing concentration. Oh, 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 it'd be badass, man. (laughs) Yep. And then have, uh, you know. With the the guy and Gravik of it all, have them be friends, but their their friendship is getting strained because he's going darker and darker, and she's not. Yeah, and like he sees her as like the the golden child, mm-hmm. right? There's like a lot of jealousy then, there. Yes, a lot of jealousy there, and then and then that in that confrontation when she turns to herself. You know, in in Secret Invasion, he's like, "Oh, Fury finally sent you on a dirty mission. Well, here it's about to get dirty." And then, like, then they actually have a a good throwdown. And like, I'm going to show you why you weren't cut out for those dark missions mm-hmm. that I had to go on. Yeah. And she has to fight through that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like it. I like it too. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um. Well, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. This was yeah, we se- should write TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, man. All this week while I'm sitting there doing it, and especially when I kept hitting on the exact same ideas from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was like, well, I don't know if I'm like a hack or if I feel good <laughs> about this because I landed on the same ideas that they did, you know? <laughs> well, as long as your ideas were from season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and I wanted to mention Agents of Four, uh, Agents of Four, season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because. I do think that we were talking about these like sort of mini arcs that we could have different parts of the world, different time periods, whatever. Like if they yeah. did that, it'd be really cool. If they did it sort of like seasons four of Age of Steel, where you got like three or four different little like pods. Pods. Like we've yep. talked about many times with Age of Shield. And then they have the the through line of of something, you know, Dark Hold-esque. Yeah. It could be an infinity stone. Yeah. Um can I throw out a few other honorable mention ideas? Hit me. I know it's. I know we've been going a long time. Uh, we're at like an hour and forty minutes, I think, of record time. So, uh, <laughs> so we planned on. You know, it, our episodes generally are forty-five minutes to an hour. Like that's like our goal. 
and like, but I like them when they just like ridiculously go long. No, yeah, <laughs> it's fun for me. Uh, it just means we're having a lot of fun. Um, one of my ideas, and I, I didn't fully flesh out a full idea, but I really like this idea of, and he mentioned having a little backstory for the Nat and Bruce love story. Yeah, and I just had this idea of the uh, an episode that gives us the origins of the lullaby. Oh yeah, and. See how she developed that? Well, what I'm thinking is it's not she who develops it. It's when she finally kind of breaks down the walls that he's built up as a character, Bruce. And she and Bruce tells her some story from his childhood that was like Ooh. when he felt most at peace. Like they go to his childhood home and he's looking out over the water and he's like, I just always knew when the sun was getting low over there that like... It really like it. It was this moment, it, the way it reflected across the water, or so you know, like so. He has this so, sun, sun's getting real low thing is like a his thing. His mom, his mm. mom is bringing him inside from a day out on the lake. Hey there, buddy. Sun's getting real low. Let's get inside. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Like some Time to story from his from his life prior to being the Hulk. His most one of his most peaceful moments. One of the, a moment he really had from his from his life and. He tells her about the the sun getting low and like across the water and blah blah and like it was a, it was a moment I, I was so tired from being like out on the water and like would be swimming all day with my like cousins at the lake or something it was just this this time I, my body was tired and I just look out and the sun was low so I knew it had to come in and it was like this moment of like you know reflection it just felt felt like the day was over and I would just come in and fall out and collapse you know like sort of like this this idea of this peaceful moment from his life and that's what she's referencing or you know it's his mom that brings him in right sure, sure. but he's so uh he's ever since I was a kid I've I've never been able to like really turn off like I'm always going mm-hmm. no matter how tired I am I keep going but my mom would do this thing with my hand where she'd tap and then drag across and it put me at such like it, it comforted me in such a way and then like Nat just kind of combines it all and mm-hmm. does the thing and taps and you know shuts off the yeah. Hulk basically. Yeah. I like I like the idea of like the it being a Nat and Bruce like road trip episode or something where they're doing something and he tells her some stories that like give her the ammo to use. And then the kind of like culmination of the episode is her doing the lullaby for the first time. She does the lullaby for the first time. And she's like, thank you for your cooperation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it'd be really nice because like so much of Nat's manipulation of people is based on falsehood. And kind of something I love about this is that it would be like this real moment that Bruce had. And she's not using falsehood. She's not using deception. She's using the sort of reality of his life. That This real moment they had, because she doesn't share real moments with many people. And like this sort of real moment they had together. And she's using that as this like calming thing for him. Yeah. It, I feel like it would not only set up the origin of the lullaby, but it also would be a great time to set up their relationship and them getting closer that would lead into yeah. uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. And like, it could be a thing where she, you know, is kind of feeling for him and he's not sure because like, how could she love me? I'm a monster. And then he, she's able to do the lullaby and like turn off the Hulk. And he's like, Oh shit. She might 
she might be the one that can oh no mm. <laughs> like now i have complex emotions in a good way yeah <laughs> i don't know how to deal with these feelings <laughs> um two two other uh, another idea i feel like especially I feel like anything they've revealed in the future is this like interesting territory to go back and see what they've done. So as the multiverse saga moves on, it'd be really interesting if as they were doing that, they also gave us Kang episodes. They were like sort of like Kang orchestrating things the way he wanted them or Kang even using the TVA or whatever. He's, he's on the timeline or maybe, maybe the TVA is only to prune other timelines. So he's on our timeline, making it all go the way it's supposed to, you know? Yeah. Like he's going and like manipulating the Avengers from behind the scenes. We get like we get like some Kang point of view episodes where he's like traveling through time affecting it the way he wants it, you know. Yeah. You know, I I would also like I didn't I didn't really flesh out many of my ideas uh at all, but this <laughs> no, one man. this one's just one that has sparked up during this conversation, but like getting an origin of Agent 23 and like why that watch was so important mm. in the Hawkeye series. Oh yeah. Oh, good call. I would love that. And like getting her origin would be really cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's cool when you just kind of realize she's an agent and like she was with his, she's like been a fighter alongside him, but like, yeah, that would be really cool to see those days. Yeah. I love it. I also think like prior to Prior to Doctor Strange becoming Doctor Strange or whatever, you know, like before him to becoming a sorcerer, like I think med school. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> think it'd be really interesting to see like episodes set in Carmitage or at least set in the mystical world of like what they were doing in some of these moments, you know, like because we know they exist, even if they never get to interact. Like these sort of underutilized moments in time. I mean, like, we could really see, like, what a young Peter Parker thought of the Battle of New York. And we could really, like, see these, like, weird things, like, moments in different, like, uh, time for different places and people that were not being shown yet, but we could kind of get their backstories. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and their perspectives on things. I I think that's super fun. I also think they should do an episode that shows, and this would be, like, a really niche episode, and so probably just one episode but give me one episode that explains where Agents of Shield diverted from the timeline. Like, <laughs> give me because because they were they were up with the timeline yep. through Age, Age of Ultron. Give me like a some sort of time travely whatever that shows like oh well that's why uh, Thanos never showed up in this universe because you did this thing and it sent a yep. sent a change the change the world in this way and like we get like a little bit it would just be like a nice nod to the age of shield fans you know yeah <laughs> just like what's the uh what was the nexus event that that caused yeah. agents of shield to go exactly off? exactly um and then another similarly positioned th- idea i had was a defenders crossover like just oh, man. just set the defenders like it would be an animation it's all fine just get let the Find out what happens when uh, Nick Fury is looking for new recruits and goes down to Hell's Kitchen, you know, like whatever. He's yep. like sort of checking out what's going on in these neighborhoods or <laughs> God, give me Ghost Rider. You know, Tony knows all about this kid in New York, yeah. Spider-Man. What if 
We get an episode where Tony is like reviewing his files of the defenders and why he chose not to use them. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he sends in some like some sort of sp- I keep spy keeps coming up, but like some sort of like recruitment type like uh, what's it called a scout? He sends out a scout to see about and then he's like, definitely not calling them when I'm having a fight with Captain America. Um, <laughs> Daredevil would not fall on my side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he would not be like Jessica Jones. That's a no. I need I need someone more young and impressionable. Uh, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got. I just had to throw out my other like honorable mentions that I never fleshed out, but I liked a lot of the ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll use those on the the B sides or something. Yeah, we'll do another two hours <laughs> yeah, on this. Those are the commission. those are the Jar Jar Binks episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, my friends. Uh, well, Jeff, you got anything to tell the people about? Yeah, man. Uh, this this weekend, uh, January twenty seventh, we are doing our next episode of Legends and Libations. Mm. Uh, we're pushing it back an hour. It's going to be five p.m. Pacific, uh, <laughs> eight eight p.m. Yeah, eight p.m. Eastern. Yeah, awesome. Seven p.m. Central. Um, we will be uh, talking about Native American folklore because of Echo. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I, uh, I remember y'all talking about that on the show. I love that. That's super fun. So yeah, guys, Training Panda TV uh, on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Panda TV. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, when, when are y'all doing it again? What time? When? Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, January 27th. January 27th. Check it out, guys. That's uh, this weekend. So check yep. it out. Check it out. Multiverse News. Uh, we're gonna be. I'm really hoping the Fantastic Four stuff drops in time. Yep. <laughs> for our episode this week, we're not sure if if that <laughs> if that insider is telling the truth and there's there really is Fantastic Four stuff. I would like to be able to do it. But we're everywhere you get podcasts, uh, Multiverse News, or you can check us out YouTube.com/slash/TrainerPanda to see uh, or the video version there. Um, and yeah, that's it. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, and thank you, Niche, for the commission. This was a really fun one. Thanks, Niche. Until next time, true believers. <laughs> hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. <laughs>